I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Glass A Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are once again to deep dive into a film and as bit of anticipation in the air at the minute we're hitting that time of the year where some of the big films are starting to get released we've gone through the the little summer slump that usually comes up of not necessarily being some big films out there but we were treated this year weren't we a bit of Oppenheimer and Barbie so not all too bad on that front but now the nights start drawing in and the big films come out and I'd say no bigger than the one that we've got today in terms of actors and director but before we really tease what the film is of course I'm not alone I am joined by Callum with a fresh trim and fresh thoughts in his mind Callum how are you doing are you ready for a nice bit of film reviewing again today good morning good morning um, yeah, yeah. We've, we're doing yeah, it in the morning well. this time i feel good recording the morning you're fresh full of dreams and ideas do you <laughs> yeah always <laughs> always do you not feel the same um i wouldn't necessarily say i sound fresh <laughs> um feel fresh um maybe i look at you well, you look fresh yeah trim. you no, thank look, you very much. look great as always Callum. don't um, worry about that no, I'm well, yeah. Um, coming to the end of a very nice uh, fortnight off work. Yes, which has been yeah. Always enjoyable. Always, yeah. Um, I mean, I have no right to complain about going back to work tomorrow, considering I've just been off for a fortnight. But um, it's been quite nice. Lots of um, daytime drinking, which has been lovely. Well, also daytime coffee. And you said um, to me yeah. earlier that you discovered your new favourite coffee place in London after struggling to find one that fit the bill. Yeah, well, I was. I remember saying to you, like, most coffee places in London are so small and you can't really sit in. Um, and, you, and when you can, it's like, it's just quite small and not a very nice environment. But um, All Press in Dalston. All Press. There's the official shout out. There's, there's All the shout out. All Press in Dalton, Callum's favourite London-based coffee spot at the moment. Yeah, well, to the extent that one of the one of the baristas, because I've been in there twice this week, oh, and one of the baristas said um, said welcome back, which is quite nice. Oh, that, see, that yeah. that is my longing in life is just to be known at hospitality venues. Yeah, I mean, it also makes you re- sort of like um, wonder what what you're spending your money on. Um, but all the good a, things, a, though, you're spending it on goodness, interaction, well, community. Well, there's a co- there's a coffee shop at the end of at the end of the at the end of the road where I, where I live, and um, the the barista in there knows my order. I went in there the other day, and um, she said, uh, "Oat flat white, no sugar." I was like, "Yes, that's that's the, that's the one." Thank you so it's much. It's always a nice feeling, isn't um, it? In it a is bar, a nice feeling. Coffee shop. It is. I mean, it's, I could. I feel like I should just go in there next time and just say the usual. I just stand there um, in silence until you get, you get what that. you're after. It could be a bit weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but like, it's like you when 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 the barista knows your knows your coffee order, it's um, yeah, yeah. you realise how much money you've actually spent on well, coffee. You've put the hard yards in so far. I've certainly put a lot in. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I have no money, Marcus. Well, so we're along, um, but you've got that to hold on to, and, and for that, I am glad for you. And I, I also enjoy trying to establish a similar coffee-based experience. All goodness and niceness on that front. But beyond coffee, mm. Callum, we've got yes. a film to dive into here. A fresh at-the-cinema release. And as I mentioned before, big-name director and actors. So I say there's a lot to dive into. So without 
further ado, can you give us one of your classic film overviews, please? So we went to see um, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the latest Scorsese epic. Um, I suppose you could class it as quite revisionist in the sense that it's talking about a particular moment in American history, um, particularly talking about the treatment of Native Americans by white Americans. And the reason why you could say it's quite revisionist is because it doesn't... It, it, it goes against the grain of that classic sort of um, frontier narrative that um, white Americans helped Native Americans in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's completely challenging, that that notion. Um, it's based on um, the murders of uh, members of the Osage Nation. Um, oil is discovered um, on their tribal land, and it's set in the 1920s in Oklahoma. Um, it stars DiCaprio, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, like the Brendan Fraser, um, big cast. Um, it starts with a kind of, I guess, a like a burial of um, this pipe, ceremonial pipe. Um, and it's kind of like a metaphor for mourning the um, the assimilation, I suppose, um, into white society. Um, and in 1919, the character who DiCaprio plays, Ernest Bookhart, um, he returns from World War I, um, goes to live with his rancher uncle, um, William Hale, or King as he's known, William King Hale, played by DiCaprio. Um, and it's really a film about power and money. So basically, the king is kind of like a weird, he's like a weird messiah sort of like um, master of the, of the area. Everyone kind of looks up to him. He's the guy that can fix everything. But he's also a criminal and a crime boss, basically. And um, he basically persuades people within the community to marry Native Americans, have children with them. So then it's creating like a sort of provincial dynasty, I suppose. So the land that the Native Americans own would then be passed down to white Americans. So it's kind of like a it's it's a theft of culture and it's a theft of land, but it's done through an American legal system, which is I think is quite interesting. Um and that that's just one aspect of the film. The other aspect of the film focuses on the murders of uh, members of the Osage County. Um Hale is persuading Ernest to basically poison his wife by drugging her insulin um, because he's diabetic and um, she is basically for the most most of the film on her deathbed. But a lot of her family are also died, are murdered, sorry, through various methods. So one of them shot in the head, one of them's blown up in a in a house bomb. Horrific things, yeah. um, obviously. But um, it's I think making a statement about um, power and money, and it's making a grander statement i think of how um we um understand the course of american history i think um because the osage throughout the film the osage nation constant they're they're going to um washington dc to basically lobby congress to say like look send detectives down to investigate these murders so i think it's a film also about voices actually as well like and how that's intimately linked with who controls power and who controls money um and what that looks like in particularly in the 1920s is sort of like the mark like the turn of the century the sort of the march of capital it's becoming even more 
neo the society is becoming even more neoliberal the discovery of oil as well is really fueling it's basically the origins of modern capitalism um and it's quite a nice quite a nice narrative well quite nice it's like it's a masterpiece really a narrative looking at that transition from i suppose a um tribal nomadic community to a sort of assimilated i say in inverted commas um community but it's not where who actually has the power with through this assimilation really um so yeah power money murder all the scorsese classics really um that's the uh that's the killers of the flower moon thank you very much callum as always yeah immediately i think really good film and it's it's the classic longy three and a half hours but i wasn't yeah perturbed by that i was sat through it all the way engaged really enjoying it and i think the real win of it is as you hinted to there the narrative the 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 actual narrative itself but the questions and insights that it offers which are vast what is the one of the two things that i like to say that makes a great film yes you've got something that's engaging in the moment but something that leaves you with a lot to question and and think about afterwards and potentially alter your outlook on life and i think this does this through a lot of different prongs the story itself quite an unknown area of history and looking at a a marginalised area of American society in terms of the native population and community and in terms of this specific story, not necessarily something that's widely publicised because obviously it then brings up all other uh, issues of American history of um, the the kind of colonisation of the area and um, all the negative things that happen to the native community. But this is a very specific insight. So the story in itself is fascinating. And then but how that then kicks into how you said, Callum, the American legal system, how this was all done legally. And um, it was almost kind of felt like a Wild West setting until the... Um, the federal government actually came and intervened but then also what it leaves you with in terms of the thought of um in retrospect the idea of well highly horrific things happening and it closes off really nicely the film in a very hard to describe way but the it then cuts through the story of it being told through a live on stage like an on-stage podcast i mean i don't know the history of this but by the look of it it looked like these were a thing in the past going watching true crime stories performed on stage by a live band um scoring it and then people reading out it's like a radio drama type scenario but i think what that then links to the rest of the film is this idea of looking at the past and moving on from horrific things without actually learning from anything from it and what we see in the film is the power and beauty of the film and film in general is slotting the audience back into a moment, whether it be a fictional narrative or one based on history, but really experiencing the emotion of that in the moment. And within the emotion of this narrative, the characters and us, the audience, really feel how powerful powerful and horrific it was. And you feel, of course, this is going to impact society. How can it not? And there's a really powerful scene which sticks out for me is where both... Um, Ernest and the king are in prison waiting to go to the trial and Ernest has been flip-flopping of whether he's going to stand against him and the king played by Robert De Niro is basically saying to him well 
yeah, but people forget about this in the future. They love me. It's fine. Don't worry. You know, people are like that. And he goes down. They both go down for life. But the end of the film then retrospectively goes, oh, well, they all, but they both actually got out of prison after about 10 years or so and then uh, went to go and live in the area and everything was just kind of all right on that front. As if like, oh, we've moved on from this horrific thing that happened. That kind of fate that he predicted was true and i think in a more general sense that is the idea of horrific things happen or big impactful things do happen in society and life which we think in a moment will change us forever but we we collectively as a society revert back to the norm a lot of the time without actually learning the lessons and this film's quite a powerful narrative in that as well so as i said there's a lot of prongs to go at from this film and i love that about them and it rolls them together and executes them very well my only real critique is that as much as it was engaging all the way through, I think for a film that showed a lot of high emotion in terms of the, the plot and narrative, I didn't necessarily feel as as the viewer that's taken on much of an emotional journey. I was fascinated and intrigued and uh, and I was invested in what was going on, but I feel for something that was that deeply emotional, the scenes didn't necessarily impacts me in the sense that i think they could have done and i think that was just one thing that not from the viewing experience that could have been there but yeah a lot to go at big film done very well callum what about you i said there's there's loads of angles to go at from this what's what really stood out to you most um i just think the thing that stood out for me is just the the importance of the message of the actual film itself um i think i mean scorsese has, has said in the past about um the state of cinema at the moment and um, there is a bit of a hubris to what he's saying, or naturally, but I I do agree with largely with what he's saying about how um, films um, need to have some sort of some sense of narrative and a, uh, mm-hmm. and say something important about yeah. a society. Um, and when he released The Irishman, for example, a lot of people's critique of it was that it was quite long, um, and, and I think he, he says something along the lines of. Um, uh, I think he did anyway. It was like sort of you know, attention deficit. It's like you know, sit and watch a film for for a few hours, and it, and it might 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 tell, say something about yourself, or it might say something about the world in a in a way that's a bit more nuanced than just watching an hour and a half action movie. Um, this film does that for me. The narrative is really really important. It's such an important important um film i think um it's based on a book so it's not all down to scorsese really it's um i didn't even know know it was based on a book to be fair until i'd actually watched till the credits which speaks probably says more about me than it does about the film to be honest but then i think at the end the ending is the most important because Mm -hmm. it it has a cameo of scorsese at the end and he's making the point that it wasn't just land and um money that was sort of pillaged and stolen it was um, stories and their voice, and I said that earlier. It was the voices of these of of uh, the voice. The idea of of a voice is really important in this film, I think. Um, particularly when the people that have actually committed these murders and suppressed the Osage voice anyway were released from prison in quite short lengths of time after their supposed life sentence. So I think it speaks volumes about. Um, what we choose to value and whose voices we we respond to in earnest. Um, that's a nice little pun there on uh, <laughs> no, well, DiCaprio's loved it. character. Loved it. Always like a pun, um, Callum. Always like a pun. 
but uh, one another thing that I really liked about the film is that in the sense that it's money and power are not separate things. I mean, it sounds like an obvious statement to make that obviously, you know, money is power and power is money. But like the way it operates in this particular film, I think is quite important in helping us understand privilege in some respects. Um, because the whole premise of the film is that the Native American, well, the Osage in Oklahoma are on land that geographically is very important to them, or they don't they don't necessarily realize it because Native American culture isn't built on the profits of oil, but white, well, white European culture is, I suppose. Um, but the point that the film is making is that this land is valuable to white Americans, um, and therefore they have to they have to have access to it. Um, it's a comment on the sort of the march of neoliberalism. I think it's actually a film about modernity, really. Actually, it's a film about the modern age, um, and how, um, in the right at the start of the film, when the when the railroad arrives and you, you know DiCaprio gets off, and you know men are fighting in yeah. the streets, yeah. um, which I thought was quite a and nice. He's loving little, it. His character's loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's. I thought that was quite a nice sort of comment on. Um, how money is a, is very much a masculine and power as well is a yeah. is a masculine um, pursuit um, both in the nineteen twenties and today, and I think because it's because the thread of the movie is about money um, and exploitation, um, it speaks volumes to our contemporary. I think, um, you know, and it's it's. It, it, the when it's set as well, I think, is really important. Um, like in the nineteen twenties, post World War One, you know, the sort of the the birth of the modern world, I suppose, in some respects. Um, I think the film is an absolute masterpiece of storytelling. It's it, it, it's a story of modernity. It's a story of voices, but it's also a story of um, exploitation and power and money and how all of those things kind of um, are inextricably linked. Um, the only um, critique that I would have is that there was a moment there was, there was like about 20 minutes to half an hour I, I, I kind of I did flag a little bit um, particularly the bit when it was um, when Molly was sort of like on death's door um, and it was like oh is she going to die or is she not that was quite powerful but there was a moment where it was just kind of like when when there was like a, there was like fifteen twenty minutes of just music, and it was like sort of like this musical kind of um, dirge, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought the momentum of the film at that point just kind of um, it did sort of weaken it a little bit. Um, but all in all, I mean, it's still a masterpiece in lots of respects. Um, yeah, yeah, I align with a lot what you said there, Callum, and I just want to run with it a little bit further because. It is absolutely power and money, but it is culture as well because I think yes. kind of what you are saying there with the idea of modernity and uh, Western capitalism is that he is the form of that era. You know, we could say into the modern, but I'm just going to stick it within the realms of this film of that is the culture of that time, modernity, uh, capitalism. But then that is then mixing with a an ancient culture of the the native community specifically in this place. So we see those two elements, two cultures 
come together. And at the beginning of it, you know, we start the story of it being all nice and harmonious and the idea that the native community have still kept their core community beliefs. Um, they have still kind of built themselves around that, but they have integrated the culture of capitalism and modernity into their culture, still kept control of it and have benefited for it. And this striking image that we see of... Um, of the like chauffeurs and butlers of the native community being white Americans. And obviously the flip of that of um, native community or minorities in America being underneath the white communities, what you're used to seeing in, in history. So that is quite a striking image to start with. And that story of it is fascinating. But then as the film goes on and as it climaxes, as you say, the money and power of the capitalist culture then eats and consumes the the culture of the native community of the osage and that's kind of then if we look at it from a really uh, wide view is that's what that type of culture does that's what capitalism that's why it is inextricably linked to power because it then consumes what's in front of it so well the, go on go on, go on. Yeah, I, was, I was just gonna say yeah on that i mean there is a moment at the when the 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 grandmother or the mother of um, uh, Molly. I yeah, can't it's her a mum, I think. Is it a mum? Yeah. She, well, she, she's seeing that um, that owl yes. all the time, and it sort of represents the death, not just of her, but the death of her entire community. Yeah. Um, and there is a tension there, though, isn't there? Because even the two, there's that couple as well that actually call the Osage savages to their faces, mm-hmm. and they, they hate the idea of a white American having a child with a Native American. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a there's a there's a tension there in the sense that like you've got a generation a sort of a 19th century generation who grew up under relentless frontier expansionism and the narrative was um one of civilizers versus barbarous nations mm-hmm. um i mean the 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 idea of the vanishing american the the vanishing native american was a a key anthropological um, a phenomenon in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that these cultures were doomed to to die into um, obscurity. Um, and of course, William King Hale, he's kind of preserving the these these Native Americans, the Native American lives. But of course, he's not preserving. He's actually He's destroying it and replacing it with one culture with another in the name of preservation. Exactly. Um, so it's the idea it's, of, um, as you say, it's put in the way of culture, but what yeah. comes under the hood of culture from the white American perspective is power, capital, capitalism, and, and that all comes under the banner of modernity and Western modernity. And well, what is, what's the line that Ernie says a few times in it? I just love money. That's the yeah. point. So his yeah, yeah. his cultural belief is money, and he gets asked early on about whether he's religious, and he kind of half-heartedly lo- nods along to mon- Molly and then goes to church. Like, his religion is money. And we see this, a film that's set in a very similar setting with very similar films, There Will Be Blood. I was literally just going to say yeah, that. Is, that, is, that is it, isn't it? The yeah. themes are there, whereas this obviously looks more closely at the, the native experience in this specific um, case study. But that's the point. It's the idea of what is the culture? What's the religion of that time? Yes, of course, Christianity mm. on paper is what 
the the kind of the American life runs with, but what actually holds that up, what's linked to it, it's the power and it's the money. That all comes embedded within the culture and religion as well. And then historically, obviously, the frontier is more the the cow the historical cowboy and Indian issue that we look at, but that's the American people claiming and colonizing the country as they go along through more uh, forceful means whereas this is obviously this force and people are murdered in it but it's the idea and i think why the the character of king is so important because he's showing that it's what he's trying to do is kind of by subterfuge it's like look we'll i we appreciate your culture wink wink we're going to show you how to make the most of this modern way and you deserve all this and we'll get you all the money but then we're going to take it away from you like through the back door and it's not of yes there's the criminality and just sheer kind of greed and crookedness of that but there's also it feels like a puritanical belief that that's the right thing to do and every time he says to Ernest he's like well you know it's the right thing to do to make sure the money comes to our family and things like that it's not just saying it in the terms of because we want the money we we deserve the money we should have it for our family it's from that belief of well no us the white capitalist modern american deserves that money over the uh, ancient tribe culture that's been here who doesn't understand the new civilized ways that we're doing and when it comes down to it obviously there's a there's a crime drama at the core of this very simply but then the layers and layers on top of it are all about exploring this native experience and feeling the appreciation for that suffering and struggle and exploitation but then there's this bigger layer that we often come round to in films and there's a lot of films that we are interested in like this but like i said the parallels of there will be blood is this the idea of one culture this modern capitalist culture under the guise of religion and and uh, civilization consuming the older ways of the natives and i think that is powerfully done through those layers to make you feel uh, that experience but then also it is nodding to that bigger message so i think all in all when you're ticking the boxes of a film that leaves you thinking and, and gives you a lot of perspective altering stuff i think this is really strong on that front yeah absolutely i mean the fact that it actually obviously it happened it's based on a yes it is a true story i mean i think the the subject matter speaks for itself i want to pick up on what you said about modernity though and the idea of like that the triumph over sort yeah. of capital over religion i think one thing that is also quite important is the use of modern medicine as well yes because to... he really has a go at molly doesn't i go oh, this is real medicine yeah yeah this is yeah that's sort of like the the use of modern medicine to um to kill yes yeah um i think is quite an important um cultural thing to sort of just think about briefly because the narrative is that white america is progressive and civilized and democratic and advanced and the osage are not um and to survive you have to embrace this new way of life yeah hence why when he, when he says you know this is real medicine this isn't the sort of facetiously mocks a tribal dance an osage tribal dance um saying this is real medicine this your tribal your tribe won't save you um sort of so it's like it's it's there's a sort of um hypocrisy there isn't there because like the 
modernity has is the thing that has destroyed well modernity is a sort of a western construct anyway but like modernity has destroyed the osage community anyway yeah and the, um, and now, the irony and now, of the now, fact now, when he's saying that to her the fact that he's laced that um yeah medicine and then using it as power rather than savior and that's yeah. how it goes into isn't it is the idea of the white savior but actually yeah. um, quite, lit- quite what, literally what that premise encapsulates is its power like yes. it, it's sold as civilization and savior but it's actually a power move and that medicine element i think is a really great metaphor for it you well, i mean indeed absolutely and like the you know it, it's it's the modernity is the thing that is going to kill but in this instance it's it's um this they're saying it's going to save there's a really i think there's a really interesting sort of tension going on there between power and the many iterations of it not least in terms of geographical power just by virtue of being on land that has oil natural oil reserve but also how that's linked to money and medicine and technology and voices as well um i mean even the trial to be honest i mean is like actually i oh know you you have to lie on that you have to say that you were pressured into saying this mm-hmm. Because we can't risk our provincial dynasty that we are creating. Yeah, and then that um, scene is quite striking after the first day of the trial, where the court gets adjourned and they go yeah. to it's probably King's house, and that community is there, and that is like on screen is the whole group of the kind of white yeah. civilizers in a way yeah. there gathering in front of you of like oh it's them trying to take over the community but seeing them all in that room feeling the pressure of what he can do for them saying you have to do this it's really stark seeing that's there and that division is really clear in that moment well it's generational as well isn't it because like the 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 characters well not the characters the people in this film who are in the story sorry who are um carrying out these um these atrocities they've all grown up and seen the progression of the frontier mm-hmm. and the progression of, of modernity yeah. um particularly the the older the older characters like the, the grandmothers and mothers of of the people it's like they they're bringing new new people are being born kids are being born into this new world or this new national national order i think is a way to frame it i suppose the order of the day is this is how it is Mm -hmm. um and children being brought up in that environment would then inherit the privilege and the racism and the 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 problematics of of the community in which they have been born in um, hence why I think Scorsese at the end talking about how this story isn't just a story about power and money, it's also about a destruction of culture and how that it's about a destruction of voices. I think that that's the power of the movie, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, on that note, I think let's move on to rounding this up because I really feel we could just talk yeah. about that topic in itself for an hour or so. But I yeah, think absolutely. what we're saying there and what we've teased out is the fact that look there's some big issues coming out of this and that's that's the point and that's why it is powerful on that front is that it leaves you with a lot of uh, perspective altering ideas to think about and when i see a film like that i'm like yeah okay well done and mm. um well just sliding into my overview what i would say is that visually great there's a good range of shots in there but it's always just really good to look at like 
how the actors are presented and some great performances in there, but the scenes as well. I think the camera mm. work's always really good. And there's nothing ever too ambitious uh, in a De Niro, De Niro, a Scorsese film in terms of like, there's no mad chase scenes or the cameras aren't flying about everywhere. There's just some well-positioned and, and really nicely done shots and scenes which are powerful but visually striking. And you always get some strong, bold visuals and metaphors in uh, his films. And I think that's really true in this. And as I said at the beginning, I think it's a very good film. And just touching again upon what I said is that it leaves you with a lot of big things to think about. That element of um, the modern america and how it consumes and under the banner of culture and religion but actually at the core of it is power and money it, the culture can be saying yeah this is our culture but power and money is what drives it and in the end that does um grab and consume everything in front of it but i think beyond those bigger things i think it's a really powerful story and watch anyway just in of itself in terms of a narrative really compelling and then obviously the harrowing and touching nature of the, the the real life elements of it, but the fact that it gives you that perspective, it gives you the element from the native experience in a way that there will be blood. I said there's very similar themes, but that's not about that, which is fine. That's its own film in its own right, but this gives you the extra element, which I think is very important. But, and I'm not going to use the excuse that it was a long film because you know what you get going into a long film. That's fine. And I don't think it was laboured at all. But I just felt, and I had this similar issue with Oppenheimer that just brought it down a little bit, is that sometimes in films like this, which have a lot of depth, and I love that. I want depth in a film. I, I always lean towards what's the film giving you afterwards. But you still want that visual experience. You want that cinema experience. And even though I didn't feel bored at any point, I was fully engaged. I just feel that even though there's highly emotive topics and moments in it, I didn't necessarily buy into the heavy emotion all that time. I feel the film didn't necessarily want to do that and push your emotions too far to align with what was going on. I didn't feel the tension of the up and down of it. Yes, I felt for the characters and I felt the emotion of the scenario, but in the moments of the film, I wasn't necessarily thrown about. And I feel that the film could have done that. It was definitely a choice not to, but I feel like it could have done that more to add to it. So that just limits it a bit for me, but I think it was a really good film. I'm going to give it eight out of 10. Callum. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's an absolute masterpiece in terms of how it's filmed and the story that it that it puts forward. We didn't even talk about the cinematography. I mean, I think it's shot beautifully. I mean, the it's, it's like a sort of like a Scorsese, a bit of a Scorsese um, sort of trope, isn't it? So I always find that his shots are quite meditative. Mm, like it's I like a, like they're. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street aside, that's quite an, an, an anomaly there. But I always. I always feel like the shots are always quite um they're they're always quite a sort of like a um the shot contributes to the story as much as the dialogue does. Yeah. yeah um yeah. so I think yeah, it's it's an absolute masterpiece of filmmaking. I mean, in terms of this the narrative as well, I mean the story that it puts out, I think it's an important story to tell at the moment. Um just I, not necessarily just at the moment, but just anyway, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a specific time to release something like this. I think, um, I think it's an important. Um, it gives an important platform to um, a period of American history that is still being contested. Um, 
so yeah I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 it's, I think it's such an important film fantastic thank yeah. you Callum right. there you go that was our review of Killers of the Flower Moon. A lot to go out there. Obviously, a big old film to get your teeth into, but thoroughly enjoyable all round. And always good to see some big names doing some big, deep cinema. And the film coming actually having a, having a go and making some big points and getting it out there, which is always great in the cinema world. And excited to see what's going to be released over the rest of the year. As I was saying earlier on in the podcast, we're starting to see some big cinematic releases coming out now. So roll them on. But that was that. Plenty more reviews to come and conversation episodes. We've had some good releases over the last few months. Obviously, we've got all the back catalogue of reviews there alongside some great interviews and conversations with different individuals from creative, film, TV, video industry. Check the back catalogue for all those. Recent releases as well. I was at Worcester Film Festival 2023. A special episode there giving an overview of everything that went on and all that went down and all my wonderful goings on that i had there so go and check that out if you fancy it but that's that until next time that was another episode of the glass a film club podcast we'll see you all later